All right, now it's time for On Balance with Leland Vitter. Presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy will join the show tonight. I'm Elizabeth Vargas. We'll see you right back here again tomorrow night. On the program tonight, is there any hope for justice? It's excruciatingly painful to me to be told that one shot at my brother didn't matter and the other one did. A big city DA hands get out of jail free cars to murderers and drug pushers. So sending him to prison uh, based on everything we know will create more trauma. And victims' families have had enough. Don't lie, don't lie, don't lie today. Don't call it a circus. Circuses have ringmasters. Call me a rhino, you can kiss my ass. We want him back as president, so why not make him Speaker of the House? Day two of House Republicans focusing the nation's attention on their dysfunction. Can Donald Trump save the day? A lot of people have been calling their best speaker. All I can say is we'll do whatever's best for the country and for the Republican Party. Lotto failure. Tonight's Powerball jackpot is $1.2 billion, but you won't win nearly as much as you think. How America's bad economy even crushes lotto winners. No apology. Now to breaking news, the Dodgers are cutting ties with pitcher Trevor Bauer. When she met the 30-year-old pitcher at his home in Pasadena, she got much more than rough consensual sex. Sports media called him all but a rapist. Where is the apology when he delivers proof of his innocence? I was never arrested. I was never charged with a crime. Why the media refuses to say they're sorry after ruining athletes' lives. Welcome to the Ferris Show on television. First tonight, Mary Morty's justice. Mary is the new prosecutor in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And her version of justice is apparently too much for even the George Soros-funded Attorney General, Keith Ellison. When you've lost Keith Ellison, you know it's a long way. Let's review a few of her more notable cases during her first six months, nine months in office. In the murder of Daryl Freeman, the teen charged in his murder didn't go to prison despite a lengthy rap sheet. Kaylee Casprin's murder, drug dealer Jesse Liazzo, got probation and 240 days in jail on a charge that carried a maximum sentence of 25 years. He got about eight months. Child rapist was allowed to walk free. In the death of Zaria McKeever, the two teen brothers in the murder were offered probation until the governor of all people had to intervene. In the broad daylight murder of 39-year-old Stephen Markey, police identified two teens involved in stealing his car and shooting him. But under Mary, the alleged gunman won't spend a day in jail. And to be fair to Mary... She ran on this platform. Her campaign website describes her as a fierce advocate for fighting systemic injustices who put a spotlight on racial biases. She performed especially well in the area of Minneapolis where George Floyd was killed. Let's just talk for a minute more about Stephen Markey, a 39-year-old paralegal. The two teens shot and killed him while trying to steal his car a few years ago. One of the killers pleaded guilty and is well into his 22-year sentence. But Hassan Braveheart won the prosecutor lottery. It took years. But finally, he was certified as an adult, leaving the case in Mary's lap. She could try him as an adult and send him to prison, conceivably for the rest of his life. But no. 
Mary says he won't spend a day in jail. So sending him to prison, uh, based on everything we know, will create more trauma um, and make him likely to be more dangerous when he gets out. That's Mary. We asked her to come on and talk about her views of the American justice system and these cases. She refused. No surprise there. We're joined by Stephen Markey's mother and sister, Catherine and Susan. Ladies, uh, we appreciate you being here. Thank you. I know uh, I know it's got to feel like every day is the same day over and over and over again when your your brother and brother and child's killer isn't isn't behind bars. Um, just what's that like? It's agony, to tell you the truth. Uh, living through this horrifying situation has been very difficult. Uh, first, we had to deal with the murder and the numbness and agony that followed that horrendous crime. Then we went into the criminal system and we hung in for many for all these years of hearings. He was certified to be tried as an adult. It's, it's obviously been a painful experience, an extremely painful experience for our family that's been exacerbated by the way that we've been treated by Mary Morgan. Yeah, it, it seems as though you're being re-victimized sort of every day now um, as this comes comes over and over again. I, I want to play her soundbite um, where she starts off by saying, I feel very much for the family. Take a listen. And I feel very much for the family. I talked to them at great length Friday. I felt their anger. I felt their grief. My job is to listen to them, but ultimately to do what is in the best interest of public safety. Put aside whether she's so, right for a second or, or not. Do you think it's a sincerely held belief? What's going on with this? I do think that she genuinely believes that this is in the interest of public safety. And I think that that's something that should ultimately be very terrifying to the members of the public in Minnesota. Well, no, no kidding. Um, in so many ways, you know, look, when, you, when you've lost Keith Ellison by being too soft on crime, that's saying an awful lot, right? I mean, there, there's sort of a, a wild statement just, just in that itself. Um, and Ellison, though, has said, I, I, as I understand it, in the case of of your brother and your son's murder, he said his, he's done, effectively. He's not going to take this on and, and overrule her. Um, what do you think was going through voters' minds electing somebody like this? I mean, to us, it's a nonpartisan issue. No one wants murderers and rapists on the street. I think that she was elected at a certain political moment, and Maybe people didn't really understand what her campaign promises would mean in actuality. But here we are in a situation where we're being told that the murder of my beloved brother in the middle of the day for over a car didn't matter because it doesn't align with someone's political agenda. Do you think this for her and for others like minded of her are it's about politics or something else? I think she believes this is the right thing to do. Wow. I, I know you've, you've sat and talked to her, um, and she, she said that. I, I'm interested in what you told her, and, you know, she said, I, I felt their anger, and on and on. I'm wondering if you feel like she really felt your loss. From, first of all, from my perspective, we didn't express anger to Mary Moriarty. 
uh, I think that what we were trying to express is fear. We're afraid for the people of Minnesota. We've been put through tremendous pain. We don't want another family to experience the tremendous pain of being called and told their family members dead for no reason. So our goal here, you know, Steve is dead. We love Steve. We'll never recover from the loss of Steve. But we understand that he's gone. Our fear is that this kid will hurt someone else. That's why we're here. Yeah. We don't want anyone else hurt. I'm heartbroken for you. I really am. And, and to continue to fight and to continue to, to feel like you have to keep fighting rather than grieving uh, has got to be so hard. It really does. But uh, your, your brother and your son couldn't ask for any more or, or a more powerful voice. So we're going to keep having you back uh, as the case continues. We're, gl- we're glad to know about it. Obviously, we just, we just learned about this and what's been going on in Minneapolis. We'll keep following it, all right? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. If federal workers ever return to the office, they're going to have some very nice new furniture to sit on if they ever make it to the office. OpenTheBooks.com exposed purchases for these $237,960 solar-powered picnic tables for the CDC or these $120,000 luxurious Ethan Allen leather recliners for the U.S. Embassy in Islamabad. This all happened during the pandemic when almost all of the federal staff worked from home. While federal workers were working from home, the government spent a combined $3.3 billion of our money on new furniture. Live pictures of Washington, D.C., where many federal office buildings still sit empty. Government Accountability Office report shows agency headquarters are somewhere between 9 and 35% utilized. In other words, less than half of the office space is being utilized, way less. Downtown D.C. businesses continue to close because federal workers that bought food and shopped there and went out to dinner, went to the gym, well, they don't come to the office anymore. But don't worry, there is some really nice furniture awaiting there, awaiting their return, currently gathering dust. The Department of Transportation used just 9% of its office space but spent a combined $55 million on furniture. Department of Agriculture, 9% of its office space as well, $57 million on furniture. The Government Services Administration, 9% usage, $308 million for furniture. See, this is not a new problem. This all happened during the pandemic, but this problem has gone on for a long time. In fact, Ronald Reagan explained it all the way back in 1964. No government ever voluntarily reduces itself in size. So government programs once launched never disappear. Actually, a government bureau is the nearest thing to eternal life we'll ever see on this earth. And now they have nicer furniture. If the employees ever come back to work, they will see it. All right, we all know the story of David and Goliath. That principle applies perfectly to a story that we've told you about before, but have an important update too. Lori and the Chinese. Lori actually might be winning against the Chinese and their powerful friends, including the governor of Michigan. Chinese battery manufacturer Goshen wants to build a $2.4 billion plant in northern Michigan. It would change the local economy and bring hundreds, if not thousands, of high-paying jobs to the rural area. But tonight, Lori is getting some help in her fight 
against the battery plant and the Chinese influence from presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. You can see he is on stage right now. He's visiting her farm for a rally against the Chinese plant and more importantly, perhaps against the town council. Brian Enton has been covering this story since last year. He was at the town council meetings where residents universally confronted the town council uh, and joins us now. Brian, first an update, where are we in terms of whether or not this plant is going to get built? Well, they've broken ground, Leland. I mean, I'm on this beautiful, uh, beautiful horse farm right here. They've broken ground very, very close here. So they are starting the process of building. But what's interesting is there is this recall election that Lori and the other residents of this small town have organized where they plan to take out the town board next month. And if they can get a new board in, they can stop the project. Yes, the Chinese company can then sue the town, but they say they don't care. They'll fight it. They will then have the ability to stop the project if they can uh, if they can take over the board. But this is a big deal. I mean, a presidential hopeful now here in Green Charter Township, they never expected it. Uh, I asked Lori uh, about that a little while ago. So, Lori, we first came out here about a year ago. You've done interviews with Leland, but but now you've got this attention. I mean, you've got a presidential hopeful in your backyard. What, what do you make of it? I am overwhelmed, and I am so happy, like incredibly happy that this is happening and that we're finally getting some national press and people are understanding what's going on and that people are going to help us, you know. Um, he's here to help us and show support against this Goshen thing and against the communist buyout of our country. It really is amazing to see, Leland, considering we've been covering this since the beginning when no one really cared. And now Vivek Ramaswamy is in Lori's backyard. They're hoping that other presidential candidates will come out here and also hold rallies. They just want all the attention they can get about what's going on here, Leland. Right. And sunlight is the best disinfectant. Um, help us understand, Brian, and it might seem obvious, right, why you wouldn't want a Chinese owned battery plant um, in your backyard or the Chinese Communist Party having such sort of uh, hooks into your community. But it also brings a lot of high paying jobs. It's rural northern Michigan. I spent a lot of time up there. These people need those kinds of jobs. What's what's their objection to a battery plant? Why is that any different than uh, you know, a, a car manufacturing facility or anything else uh, there. Well, their main objection, Leland, is that the battery plant is Chinese-affiliated, Chinese-owned. In the corporate documents, they have an allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party, and that is something that they don't feel is appropriate on American farmland. Not to mention the fact that it's not far from a National Guard training facility. We did the story in North Dakota with Fufeng, similar situation near the Air Force base there. Finally, the military came in and said, look, this is a national security risk. So, yes. Yes, they say the jobs are great. They need the jobs. They just don't want a Chinese company here. Yeah. And, and look, they're, they're willing to sacrifice a lot of a lot of value for their land and good jobs because of how scared they are about it. Uh, Governor of Michigan uh, is not necessarily exactly uh, concerned. And she's come out in favor of it. Pretty amazing. All right. So, Brian, keep it the story. We know you were in Illinois covering a very similar situation. You were up in North Dakota. This is uh, not going to end. It's going to keep keep happening. Uh, Brian, thank you. As you can see behind Brian's live shot, Vivek Ramaswamy's on the stage. He'll be uh, joining us in about 30 minutes uh, from now, just after the rally. Coming up next, we reveal what's really behind the utter failure of Republican leadership, why they can't hold their people in line while the other side of the aisle 
does what they are told. And congratulations, you've won a Powerball jackpot worth over a billion dollars. No, Joe Khalil did not. There's just one catch. You don't get to keep nearly as much money as you would have before. And no, it has nothing to do with taxes. The new math about lottery winnings that will stun you. President Biden tried to go around the Supreme Court today and announced the cancellation of $9 billion in student loans to about 125,000 borrowers. His progressive base loves student loan forgiveness. Working class Americans hate it. They don't think it's fair. But President Biden supporters don't need to worry. It won't get covered, except here and even here very briefly, because the media was busy reporting on Republicans fighting with each other 16 blocks down Pennsylvania Avenue from the White House at the Capitol. Unsurprisingly, President Biden loves it. What's your advice to the next next House speaker? That's above my pay grade. Above his pay grade to offer any advice. Great answer. In other words, he will let Republicans twist in the wind. Without a plan, without a speaker, and with the media breathless reporting that the House is in disarray, they can't pass any bills. Democracy, depending on what channel you listen to, might end. Plus, you never know. President Trump might become speaker. Would you take the job? A lot of people have asked me about it. I'm focused. You know, we're leading. I don't know you. I'm sure you don't read too much in the papers. But we're leading by like 50 points for president. You know, my focus is totally on that. If I can help them during the process, I would do it. But we have some great people in the Republican Party that could do a great job as speaker. All right. Never mind, it appears the House's own rules prevent Donald Trump from becoming speaker. The media, of course, though, loves the idea of Trump being speaker, even though even more than most Republicans. Lauren Wright is here, professor of political science at Princeton and May Mauman, former legal advisor to President Trump. Ladies, it's good to see both of you. Um, May, was I too harsh when I said that it was unfair to circuses to call this a circus because circuses have ringmasters? I think that's right. And the ringmaster, I thought, was the man that you just showed, President Trump. Isn't he supposed to be the head of the Republican Party? He could have saved McCarthy as speaker, not as any sort of um, I love you to McCarthy, but because we've got a job to do. There were two million illegal crossings in fiscal year 2023. Obviously, you've got a Department of Justice that is weaponized not only against the president, but against a host of conservative issues. So this keeping some solidarity, keeping Kevin McCarthy in as speaker would have been in the Republican Party's interest. President Trump couldn't bring himself to do it. And so you're right. We have no ringleader. Fair enough. Um, At least an honest assessment. Um, Lauren, I think about all the things when you think about polling that would be going the Republicans way. And we pointed this out last night. Uh, Stock market uh, around the same levels as the beginning of the year. So way down. Gas prices continue to stay high. Interest rates at their highest in more than a decade, which affects obviously homeownership. Um, Quarter million plus illegal immigrants coming across the southern border. President Bible's approval rating uh, down. 
as a vast majority worry about his age. A new poll shows a record high number of Americans trust Republicans to manage the economy over Democrats. Republicans up by 14 points. You study polling. Does the polling numbers change with the coverage of the next week, not of any of those issues, but of how Republicans can't shoot straight? Maybe temporarily overall, a number like approval of the Republican Party would change. I don't know if that would last if they could get their act together, because you're absolutely right that all of these issues are traditionally layups for Republicans. The economy, crime, immigration, those are issues Republicans typically do very well on. People perceive them to be trustworthy. And it's just it's it's unbelievable to me that with these conditions, where the country is unhappy with the direction it's headed, and they attribute that to Biden, and the evidence is in public mm-hmm. opinion. Republicans are the story. They are self-immolating, and they are tying their own hands. They can't get anything done to solve those issues. You talk about getting things done. Um, when Democrats, led by Nancy Pelosi, had an equally thin margin um, in the yep. House. Now, granted, they had the White House and they had the Senate. Infrastructure plan, bipartisan chips act, a gun safety reform, retirement savings revamp, domestic violence protections, money to Ukraine, Trump impeachment, um, KB, KBJ confirmations to SCOTUS. That was in the Senate, but still uh, they held everybody together. COVID aid, lowering prescription drug costs, clean energy funding. Um, and, and on top of that, the Inflation Reduction Act, which was highly unpopular with Republicans, and yet Nancy Pelosi was able to get it through. Nay, why is it that Democrats seem to be able uh, to keep the craziest among them in line and Republicans uh, then gave the craziest among them a, a basically, a, you know, a, a document to allow them to control the Republican Party? Well, I mean, that list of accomplishments is with a trifecta. You have a Democrat Senate, a Democrat president and a Democrat House. Um, and you know, maybe there's some motivation there. Also, you have a leader at the top who might be basically like an elderly man who doesn't know where he is, but he's not polarizing, right? So that part of the issue is that we've had such a polarizing leader. And so you've had these factions break out, people voting, you know, to impeach him. So, you know, we've had a lot of issues to deal with, but I think there is a little bit of a silver lining, which is that if you're looking for a party that uh, that does have disagreements and that maybe those disagreements can come to better policies, I would offer you the Republican Party. Of course, we don't have the Senate and we don't have the presidency, so we really have little to offer you right now, but maybe one day. If I could just uh, jump I, in I, on that, Leland, yeah. you know, I I don't think people look at the Republican Party and see competence right now. You know, they had a very, very good shot at taking back the Senate. And who were their nominees? They had Herschel Walker and Dr. Oz in the two biggest yeah. swing states in the country. So this is on them. But to add to what May was saying, you know, Nancy Pelosi and the squad had a very similar dynamic structurally. But Nancy Pelosi behind the scenes would basically say, look, if you ever want anything passed again, if you ever want support for your agenda, you're going to be with me. And she much more effectively controlled them and maybe, as yeah. May no, said, that had something great. to do with yeah. the types of 
people getting elected under Trump. They're, they tend to be they, more they, extreme look, they, in this house, but it was really McCarthy's feared. job not to let them take over. Yeah, they really fear. I mean, the other, the other way to put it is they, you know, Democrats fear Nancy Pelosi. Republicans did not fear um, Kevin McCarthy. Ladies, yes. I knew it would be a good panel. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank, Thank you. Tonight, we have another life-changing jackpot. It's worth an estimated $1.066 billion. Hmm. And nobody won. So tonight's Powerball jackpot sits at $1.2 billion. Nothing to sneeze at, of course. But the economy is so bad, it is taking a hit out of the lottery. Literally. And not because of taxes. As our friends at the Wall Street Journal point out, this is the smallest $1 billion Powerball jackpot ever. Because if someone wins tonight, the lump sum okay, of $1.2 billion will come out to $551 million, less than half. The winner of a 2021 Mega Millions jackpot for an even smaller amount, $100 million less, took home $776 million before taxes, 40% more on a smaller jackpot. And that's all because of interest rates. Federal Reserve raised interest rates, of course, to slow inflation. Now, the lump sum payment for lottery winnings is a lot less than the total annual payments over 30 years. With that in mind, consider this. It is still $1.2 billion. So good luck. When we come back, the poem at the Statue of Liberty says, send these, the homeless. Now, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is saying, we don't want them. The mayor wants to douse Lady Liberty's light and shut it off to the millions of migrants crossing our southern border. Why the change of heart from New York City's mayor when we come back? As temperatures drop, FH Fur invites you to be part of something truly heartwarming, our Fall into Comfort toy drive. Through December 15th, for only $29, the experts at FH Fur will perform a comprehensive heating system inspection, ensuring your home stays snug through the chilly months ahead. The best part? 100% of the proceeds will go to the United States Marine Corps Reserve's Toys for Tots. Schedule your heating inspection today with FH Fur. 877-GOLFER-FHFUR.COM in a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. Day one. The hardest day. The day you hear. This is a type of blood cancer. 
But day one is just one day. At the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, we are here to help you move past day one. On day 45, I discovered an online community who shared great tips for in-treatment care. I missed a lot of school during treatment, and LLS helped me keep up. To learn more and get help on day two, day 28, or any day, please visit LLS.org or call 1-800-955-4572. Pointed hats. I'm a witch. Talking cats. Look who's talking now. The 90s best acts. Yeah, baby. This Halloween, we do warn. It's the stuff of nightmares. Of buckets and buckets of candy corn. Ah! Halloween is a magical night. On the Sabrina the Teenage Witchoween Marathon. All day starting October 31st at 6 Eastern on Rewind TV. Through Travis Mannion Foundation's Operation Legacy Service Projects, veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians across the country come together under the common cause to serve in honor of our nation's heroes. Service projects include city beautifications, planting memorial trees, volunteering at shelters, park cleanups, and more. Ask yourself, if not me, then who? And register for a project near you or as a virtual volunteer by visiting oplegacy.org. You're listening to On Balance with Leland Vittert on News Nation, America's fastest growing cable news network. I'm a pretty great multitasker. I can wash dishes and do laundry. I can roller skate while walking my dog. I can even order lunch while doing my homework. But I can't use my phone while driving. A distracted driver is one of the leading causes of death in the United States. So when it comes to driving, please don't be a multitasker. Don't drive distracted. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. The Supplemental Security Income Program provides monthly payments to help meet basic needs, like putting food on the table, paying the rent, or buying new shoes for growing feet. You may qualify if your income and financial resources are low, and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability, or who is blind. Call 1-800-772-1213 or go to ssa.gov SSI to start to apply. Produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Live pictures right now of the Statue of Liberty that welcomed millions of immigrants to our country. The poem on the statue says, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Now New York City Mayor Eric Adams is saying, don't come. The mayor wants to douse Lady Liberty's beacon to the millions of migrants crossing our southern border and the latest stunning admission of liberal policy failure. The mayor wants to suspend the city's right to shelter law. Today, Adams begins a four-day tour through Mexico, Colombia, and Ecuador, telling would-be illegal immigrants that the Big Apple is not an option. But we're going to tell them uh, that coming to New York doesn't mean you're going to stay in a five-star hotel. 
it, it doesn't mean that the mere fact you come here, you automatically are going to be allowed to work. We know that there's a propaganda machine that, it, that basically uh, it has given the false promise of what life is like of being a migrant and asylum seeker. It is quite the reversal from a few months ago when he urged his city's residents to open their homes to welcome the now 116,000 migrants who arrived in New York since 2022. And as you might remember, the mayor promised he would lead by example. I was speaking with the staff to see if I can put a few families into Gracie Mansion. You know, uh, I'm a big believer in leading from the front. That was four months ago. Chris Hahn is here, News Nation contributor and host of the Aggressive Progressive podcast. Um, wouldn't it have been easier if the migrants hadn't all called their families and friends and said, hey, I'm in a five-star hotel in New York <laughs> than trying to turn this around? Thanks for giving me the easy topic tonight. Yeah, look, <laughs> there is a major immigration problem. And the mayor obviously jumped the gun earlier this year, thinking that the federal government might support with some funding to house uh, these migrants. New York has obviously a right to shelter law that people are taking advantage of. And there hasn't been any provision made to allow these people to work, which I am sure, being the grandson of immigrants and knowing a lot of immigrants myself, they would much rather be working and earning their keep than sitting in a shelter paid for by the state. And I think Congress and the president need to get to work and figure that out right away. Now, it's not this Congress or this president who are the only ones who have failed on this. This has been a failure for the last 40 years in this country, but it is something that needs to be worked on. No, look, that's fair. There has been bipartisan failure uh, at every turn when it comes to immigration. Fair point. We can argue about the border and and the lot. It's interesting because when we did this segment a couple of days ago, uh, J.B. Pritzker, governor of Illinois, now writing letters to President Biden saying you must do something, you must, must do something. How worried are Democrats about this and why are they so paralyzed? Uh, They are very worried about this. This is an issue that is showing up in every poll I have seen, even in local elections. Okay, Chris, I'm going to give you the the last word here. Right, I'm going to give you the last word, though. Okay, easiest thing in the world for President Biden to do: executive order. Uh, We're not accepting asylum seekers. You will be turned back. Tell the Border Patrol to deport everybody immediately. Uh, If you didn't apply for asylum in Mexico, you're going back to doing it there. We're done. He won't do it. What, what is, what is yeah. the control? You know, Leland, I wish I knew the full answer to that question, other than the fact that we are America, a country that is a shining beacon on the hill to people seeking asylum and seeking a better life, whether they're seeking asylum or not. And when they stop coming here, it's when we have a problem. And I think Joe Biden is old school in that fashion. And he thinks that way. And I think that we have to figure oh, out a way on. to deal with this problem. And I think the fastest way to come deal on, with it. Come on, come on. Okay, we Chris, have Chris, two I'm jobs with, in this country. We have two jobs for every person looking. Okay, look, I'm with you on the shining city on the hill. You're, te- you're telling me this doesn't have anything to do with politics? Everything has everything to do with politics, Leland. That's why I have a job. 
Politics is what we do in America. This, all these policies are problems because there's a, there are competing political forces within the Democratic Party and within the Republican Party. The Chamber of Commerce want these people to have jobs right now. That's a Republican group the last time I checked. And liberals just yeah, want to let them come here. There is conflict here that needs to be resolved. Yeah, no, look, and look, and there's Republicans who won't do E-Verify because they know the truth. And if you actually had E-Verify and, and made people be citizens or have a right to work, a legal right to work, uh, we wouldn't eat in America. So there you go. Han, I got to run, buddy. Brother, uh, Vivek brother, if this, was an easy, if, this was an, if this was an easy thing, to, if, if this was an easy thing to resolve, it would have been solved when Congress actually functioned. But it's not. Yeah, well, Bush would have solved it, Obama would have solved it, Clinton would have solved it, on and on. All right, we got to run. The rural Michigan town standing up to a massive takeover by the Chinese Communist Party. Vivek Ramaswamy is up next. Christine, we do want to warn you, many of the details are graphic. In court documents obtained by TMZ and shared with us here at Fox 11, Trevor Bauer's accuser says when she met the 30-year-old pitcher at his home in Pasadena, she got much more than rough, consensual sex. The woman says Dodger pitcher Trevor Bauer violently attacked her, wants a five-year restraining order against him. Both she and Bauer were in court in downtown Los Angeles today. The Dodgers are cutting ties with pitcher Trevor Bauer. That's just some of the coverage of sexual assault allegations against Trevor Bauer a couple of years ago. Before he ever showed up to court, he was tried and convicted in the court of public opinion. His reputation was ruined, as was his multi-million dollar career. Then, and just recently, the truth came out. Former Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer is speaking out after settling a lawsuit with a woman who accused him of sexual assault. Bauer released this video today claiming that he has evidence his accuser set him up and was trying to take his money. In the settlement, Bauer did not pay Hill any money. And that evidence that he presented was extraordinarily convincing. So let's just say that the same outlets that were oh so interested in all of the racy details are now just the facts and skeptical of the facts at that. Certainly no apologies. News Nation contributor Elizabeth Pran is here. Hmm. It just seems fundamentally unfair. Well, I mean, this is a manipulation of the Me Too movement. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. And if you look at some of the text messages that she sent, it's almost predatory behavior. I mean, she had said she had used the word victim. She had listed his salary. She had a plan. She knew what she was doing. And listen, I don't really think that Trevor Bauer is a gem, right? I feel like him and I have different definitions of a lot of things, including intimacy. I don't think he's someone who I would hang out with. In fact, there are other accusations against him. That being said, I actually think they're both quite repulsive. And I've seen her on a number of of media outlets after the fact. And she said, sort of making light of the word victim, because in her words, you know, she had been friendly with other baseball players. And I think you yeah, we, we did, we did right. this all yesterday. We did that part yesterday. What I, what I was waiting for, because we picked up on this story early, what I was waiting for was the media right. response, right? There, there's no, no big exoneration. No. There's no apology. And I think about, uh, you know, the Bills who dumped punter Matt Arizona, who was sued for gang rape. He's been exonerated. Yeah. And yet there, there's no so, apology. There, there's, no se- there's no second chances. And I'm wondering how, why it's okay for the media to do that, to ruin people's lives with absolutely not a care in the world when they're wrong. 
you know, you can sit and wait for the apology just like I'll sit and wait for you to have a child with your soon-to-be wife. That is absolutely <laughs> not going to happen because if you look, I was I was scrolling on on twi- Twitter or X or Twex or whatever it is, and and all of it is no comment. There's silence. You don't see it from the Athletic. You don't see it from ESPN. You see very little coverage. They're not going to put egg on their face. They created a narrative. They ran the narrative. Uh, They ran it for two years. Because I am going to get the last word here. Okay, 